booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. Absolutely, Sean, at the right time. President Trump's son says footage of the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago will be released. New York City's mayor invokes emergency powers to house thousands more migrants being sent from Texas. Another record's been set of migrants flooding into the U.S. at the U.S.-Mexico border under the Biden administration. An arrest in a brutal, unprovoked attack outside of a Bronx restaurant, which has left a man in critical condition. New report recommends an absolute complete overhaul of the CDC, finding the agency lacks in its handling of the COVID-19 viral pandemic. Some allies of former President Donald Trump are urging him to publicly release surveillance footage of the FBI agents executing a search warrant at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida. Trump's son, Eric, was asked by Fox News' Sean Hannity if the footage would be shared. I mean, your body cam point was spot on. That's why cops wear body cams. They don't tell you to turn off cameras. They want transparency, and that's not what happened here. Some of Trump's aides and allies have encouraged the former president to make some of the footage available to the public, believing it could send a jolt of energy through the Republican Party's base. There have been discussions about featuring the August footage in a campaign-style ad, believing the footage could bolster Trump's claims of political persecution. He, of course, has not yet announced a run for the White House in 2024. Well, New York City officials are urgently seeking another 5,000 rooms in Big Apple hotels to house migrants being sent to New York City from Texas by Texas Governor Greg Abbott. Texas and neighboring Arizona are overrun with record numbers of migrants due to the open border policy under the Biden administration. There's no price tag attached to the request, though, that was released Wednesday under the emergency contracting powers invoked by New York City's Mayor Eric Adams. Adams on Picks 11 last weekend. Well, first, we are going to fulfill our moral and legal obligation to house everyone that enters uh, New York City. Uh, that is what we have done, and that is what we will continue to do. The new request for providers to secure thousands of rooms in hotels all across the city is in addition to a plan to house 600 families at the Row in Times Square, a luxury hotel along 8th Avenue. And if fully implemented, it would bring the number of hotel rooms rented for migrants in New York City's shelter system up to nearly 6,000. Customs and Border Protection officials, meanwhile, say another new record was set over the weekend of migrant crossings for fiscal year 2022. Migrant encounters hit 2,000,034 over the weekend, with the majority of the fourth quarter left to go. New York Representative Nicole Maliotakis this week called for the influx to stop. See, she spoke to the Bernie and Sid in the Morning program right here on 77 WABC Wednesday. Here you have uh, the government basically making it comfortable for people to cross into our country illegally, and they get more than what the American citizens are receiving from their government. At this point in the fiscal year, encounter figures were at 1.2 million, a little over, with more than 700,000 less than the same point last year. Busloads of migrants continued to offload at New York City's Port Authority yesterday as 
Texas Governor Abbott continues to send illegal migrants out of his state to major U.S. Democratic-run cities. A few hours after the NYPD released disturbing video showing a brutal and unprovoked attack on a street in the Bronx last week, detectives arrested a suspect, charging 55-year-old Bayou Van Fu with attempted murder in connection with this unprovoked attack in front of Fuego Topico Restaurant at 163 East 188th Street late Friday. Security camera video shows Fu allegedly striking 52-year-old Jesus Cortez from behind without provocation. Cortez's niece, Angel Gomez, spoke to ABC7. When I saw the video, I was really in shock because I couldn't believe that someone just hit someone without saying something, making any problems, trouble, because literally my uncle was just standing there. Cortez hospitalized at Jacobian critical condition as felony assaults in the Bronx up 23%. A blistering and exhaustive new independent review of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention recommends an overhaul. The report was led by longtime Department of Health and Human Services Administrator Jim McRae. Reaction from Dr. Mark Siegel on Fox. I talked to CDC throughout the day today. It's an admission that the culture is wrong. The culture is based on scientists doing deep dives, delaying, delaying until they're sure and vetting something. And then there are internal offices within CDC, Brett, that are problematic during a pandemic. The report found that the CDC hasn't lived up to the task of delivering clear, thoughtful, and helpful guidance throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, among other issues. When looking at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center, mostly sunny today. Our highs 81, winds to 10 miles per hour. The overnight low 72 with partly cloudy skies. Sunny day tomorrow, the high 83 right now. 65 degrees, clear skies here on the Big Apple. The U.S. Justice Department should consider releasing at least some of the evidence it used to justify searching former President Donald Trump's Florida home Mar-a-Lago last week. That is the opinion of Trump's former National Security Advisor, John Bolton. In an interview with Reuters, Bolton said he agrees with the U.S. Justice Department's concerns about releasing the affidavit in the FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago. However, Bolton said the department's usual policy of keeping quiet about pending investigations may not fly in the face of this politically charged environment. Bolton on NBC said Trump typically kept a lot of paperwork. The president had a habit of asking to retain sensitive documents. And from time to time, uh, he did that. And we didn't know what happened to them. And it was always a concern that uh, because he didn't really fully understand the risks to sources and methods uh, and other dangers of uh, revealing classified information, that it might get out to the wrong people. Judge hears arguments today on whether the affidavit should be released. In this case, the DOJ expected to argue against it. Former President Trump is calling for its full release. Former VP Mike Pence said Wednesday he'd consider testifying before the House January 6th committee if he's asked. Pence made the comment at a politics and eggs breakfast in Manchester, New Hampshire. If there was an invitation to participate, I would consider it. But you've heard me mention the Constitution a few times this morning. On the Constitution, we have three co-equal branches of government. And uh, any invitation to be directed to me, I would have to reflect on the, the unique role that I was serving in as vice president. Pence's answer signals yet another break from his former boss, Donald Trump. Committee investigators have been for months privately engaging with Pence's lawyer about securing his possible potential testimony. 
Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney was increasingly open on Wednesday about considering a 2024 presidential campaign after soundly losing a Republican primary to a Trump-endorsed challenger. Speaking to NBC in the wake of her loss, the third-term congresswoman said she'd do anything to keep Donald Trump out of the White House. It is something that I, uh, I'm thinking about. Cheney said she would make a decision in the coming months on a potential 2024 run. Cheney described her primary loss on Tuesday night as the beginning of a new chapter in her political career. Wyoming voters polled said they felt the congresswoman was not addressing issues important to them. Instead, she was too focused on January 6th. The former president called the results of the Wyoming election involving Cheney a complete rebuke of the January 6th committee. Minneapolis public school teachers of color will have additional job protections this upcoming school year. This under a new contract that allows them to keep their jobs rather than white instructors with more seniority. The labor agreement intent was to protect underrepresented populations and keep the district's predominantly white staff from becoming more homogenous. That according to a new report out Monday. Judge Andrew Napolitano spoke about it on a video posted to Twitter. And it'll be the first person not hired who's qualified because of a racial preference. That person is in a position to challenge it. And I would beg that person to do so because this policy will stay in place unless and until the courts invalidate it. It is a blatant violation of the 14th Amendment, which prohibits the states from making decisions based on race. About 60 percent of Minneapolis's students are non-white, compared to about 16 percent of the district's tenured teachers and 27 percent of its probationary teachers, according to a June Minneapolis Star-Tribune report. Well, Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor and Democratic U.S. Senate candidate John Fetterman said he agreed with reducing the state's prison population by one-third in a just-unearthed 2020 clip. Fetterman's campaign recently accused Republican opponent Dr. Mehmet Oz of lying in ads, citing Fetterman's beliefs. Now, earlier this month, Oz's campaign released an ad saying John Fetterman wants to release one third of prisoners and eliminate life sentences for murderers. Now that John Fetterman claims to be recovering, let's pull back his hoodie and examine what's in his head. Looks like he has some screws loose. What's this? <coughs> Fetterman wants to release one-third of all prisoners. That's crazy. The Fetterman campaign asked TV stations actually not to run this ad due to the blatant lies and misinformation. Despite the newly unearthed audio, Fox News Digital has also uncovered at least three previously unreported instances of Fetterman expressing support for reducing the prison population by one-third. Israeli and German leaders have expressed absolute outrage after the Palestinian president accused Israel of committing 50 holocausts against his people. Mohammed Abbas made the claim during a news conference with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz in Berlin on Tuesday. From 1947 to the present day, Israel has committed 50 massacres in Palestinian villages and cities in Deir Yassin, Tantura, Kafr Qasim, and many others. 50 massacres, 50 holocausts. And until today and every day there are casualties killed by the Israeli military. Our request is to say enough. Come towards peace. Mr. Schultz said nothing at the time of that statement, but later called the president's comments intolerable and unacceptable. Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid said Mr. Abbas's accusation was not only a moral disgrace, but 
a monstrous lie. 77 WABC time check coming up on 515. And you know what that means. Time for sports with That's Justin Ellick. That's exactly what it means, yeah. Deb. Thank you very much. I am Justin Ellick here with the early news sports update. Finally, for the love of God, we got some watchable baseball last night between the Mets and the Yankees. Let's start in the Bronx where Yankees fans let out a collective sigh of relief as the Bombers found a way against all odds to pull out the 8-7 to victory last night in the series finale against the Tampa Bay Rays. After stalling at the dish all night again, a conveniently placed rain delay late in the ballgame must have given the Yanks a chance to wake themselves up as they did just that to roar all the way back. And it was the bringer of rain himself who put the city to bed with the bases juiced in the bottom of the tent. High fly ball, deep right, going back to Rosarena. See ya! A walk-off grand slam for Josh Donaldson. And the Yankees pull victory from the jaws of defeat. That call courtesy of Michael Kay and the Yes Network. Donaldson's had a tough year. That slam marking only his 12th long ball of the year. But the Bombers weren't thinking about any of that as they mobbed their hero at home plate. Could this win be the spark the Yankees needed to climb out of the crater they have found themselves in? We'll find out tonight in the Bronx as the Blue Jays come into town for a four-game set. Game one, we'll see Frankie Montas take the hill against Toronto's Jose Barrios tonight at 7.05 p.m. As for the Mets, they grabbed a win as well as they finally made their presence felt in the four big game in the big four-game series they're indulging in with the Atlanta Braves. Despite Max Scherzer being on the bump, the real story was Mets top prospect Brett Beatty making his major league debut in the orange and blue. He took absolutely no time getting acquainted He's, as he followed up two Mets dingers in the first inning with his ding-dong in the top of the second on just the second major league pitch he's seen. Gets a breaking ball, hits it out to Ryan Acuna, goes back to the warning track, looks off, and out of here! How about that? Brett Beatty hits a two-run homer in his first major league at bat. Second pitch he sees, and Beatty hits it out of the yard. A moment to remember for Brett Beatty and his family. A two-run homer, and it's 4-0 New York. That call courtesy of SNY. Despite some serious fight out of the Braves, the Mets secured the 9-7 win to jump back up to a four-and-a-half game lead in the NL East. The series will wrap up tonight at 7.20 p.m. with Jacob deGrom going up against Atlanta's Max Freed. Some NBA news as well. LeBron James and the L.A. Lakers have agreed to a two-year, $97.1 million extension. The deal makes James the highest-earning player in NBA history with a $532 million in career-guaranteed money. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with the Early News Sports Update, I'm Justin Ellig on 77 WABC. All right, Justin, let's head over to Joe Nolan with your updates on traffic and trends. Hey, Joe. Hey, Devin, again on that southern state, we still have for another uh, 10 minutes or so the roadway closed right at the one. On again, that for road construction, so they should be picking that up very shortly. We're also going to be looking at delays up in uh, Westchester County in Larchmont as you begin to travel northbound on the New England Thruway at Chatsworth Avenue. Again, those two lanes are out the right and center. That also for road work. Now, good news on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway as you head on the northbound side, getting up to the RFK Triborough Bridge. That earlier stall there has now been cleared up and out of the way. All lanes have been reopened. Southbound on the Jersey Turnpike, coming down to 195. You have a problem there at 7A, disabled off on the shoulder. And then on the northbound side, in the truck lanes, up by 13 on that off-ramp, a disabled tractor trailer, one toll lane, going to be out of service. Again, on the North Jersey coastline, and lasting until the 25th, Look to 20-minute delays after 8 o'clock in the morning between Middletown and Long Branch as they work on one of the grade crossings there. Right now, though, 
Everybody seems to be on or close to schedule, and alternate side of the street parking rules and regulations again today are going to be in effect. I'm Joe Nolan with Traffic Talk Radio 77 WABC. All right, 77 WABC time check at 518, and let's take a look at your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Nice day in store today. Mostly sunny skies are high up to 81. Light winds to 10 miles per hour. The overnight low is 72 with partly cloudy skies overnight. Another nice day tomorrow. Sunshine with a high of 83. Right now we have a reading of 65 degrees, clear skies. And uh, let's head over now to Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs. Stocks lower after mixed earnings. More retail reports coming today. Recession-proof Apple outpacing technology competitors. The Wall Street's winning streak broken after yesterday's mixed retail data. The Dow Jones Industrials fell 171 points. The S&P lost 31. The Nasdaq down 164. BJ's Wholesale Club reporting second quarter earnings today. While the company is forecast to beat Wall Street targets, investors will be looking more at the full year outlook over the past three months alone bj's has improved its forecast 11 times walmart targeting a six percent revenue increase for ross stores higher inflation typically bodes well for discount retailers apple bucking the recent downtrend in technology the stock is up nearly 28 percent for the quarter and down only one percent so far this year that's outpacing other big tech companies and by a lot amazon down 15 percent alphabet down 17 percent year to date apple expects its sales to rise with the new iPhone 14 coming next month. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Checking futures this morning. Uh, The Dow down eight points at 33,955. S&P 500 down just a quarter of a point. The Nasdaq down eight and one quarter points. Gold up $3.50 an ounce. As for crude oil, it is at $89.33 this morning, and that is up $1.23. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Coming up at 5.50, we have an interview about congestion pricing. Stay tuned for that. And uh, also, you can, talking about mass transit, you can now monitor trains and purchase tickets on your phone. It's all in one app. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. The MTA introducing a new app. Train Time will combine features from the Metro North and Long Island Railroad and MTA e-ticks, allowing riders to buy tickets and monitor train time all in one app. Officials say it will also have real-time train tracking and improve the accuracy of train arrival times. MTA e-ticks will update to train time in mid-August, while the LIRR train time app and Metro North train time app will be phased out. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. All right, Bob. And that interview at 550 coming up on congestion pricing. It is with Ron Simoncini of the Congestion Pricing Alliance. Well, the suspect accused of attacking a New York City subway worker who was trying to stop him from harassing passengers has a total of 41 prior arrests, according to a new report. Alexander Wright facing assault and harassment charges following the alleged attack on August 11th at the Pelham Bay Park Station in the Bronx. MTA employee 36-year-old Anthony Nelson suffered a broken collarbone and dislocated nose in this attack. His union, TWA Local 100, held a rally. Justice for Anthony! Justice for Anthony! No more! Anthony is not the first one to get assaulted. 
but we want to make sure that he's the last. Last year, Fox News Digital reported that Wright, who's 49, was charged with assault as a hate crime, misdemeanor assault, criminal possession of a controlled substance, a synthetic form of marijuana called K2 after being accused of attacking an Asian-American woman in broad daylight in New York City's Chinatown area. And a month before that, he was also charged with assault for allegedly tossing hot coffee onto two traffic agents. Right home police say lives in a homeless shelter is being held in this latest case in lieu of $5,000 bail, half of what prosecutors had sought. Meanwhile, the NYPD has also released a video this morning of that fatal attack of a taxi cab driver in Far Rockaway. And we have posted that to our Twitter site, our handle at 77 WABC Radio. Take a look at that as police search for suspects in that fatal attack. Police also searching for two suspects who opened fire on a crowded street in Queens, killing a 24-year-old former high school basketball star from Long Island. The two men fired several shots at the city-run Redfern houses on Redfern Avenue. That's out in Far Rockaway, about 5 p.m. Monday. Now, video from this scene showed innocent bystanders running for cover. One bullet struck 24-year-old Jabion Bivens in the head. He was pronounced dead at the scene. Here's NYPD Chief of Patrol Jeffrey Madray. We're down in shooting incidents for the year. We're down in homicides for the year. We're not down enough. I need more, a lot more. Bivens was a standout high school basketball player at Baldwin High School. It's unclear just what led up to the shooting or why Bivens, who actually lives out in Hempstead, was at that NYCHA complex. Video shows the suspects running off following this deadly shooting. Anybody with information is asked to call the NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline. A correction department captain stabbed in the neck at Rikers Island Jail. This happened Tuesday afternoon. Authorities say the suspect, Malik Facey, assaulted the captain allegedly just before 2.30 in the afternoon. Facey was taken into custody and the department is pursuing additional charges. The officer treated at a local hospital. 77 WABC time check, 524. And of course, that incident still under investigation. Traffic deaths for the first quarter of this year were the highest since 2002. That according to early estimates from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Now, the agency estimates some 9,560 people died from motor vehicle crashes during the first quarter of this year. And that is up 7% from the same time period last year. Traffic-related deaths have been on the rise since the onset of the viral pandemic. In 2019, the NHTSA reported that 36,355 people died on U.S. roadways, a number that grew to 38,824 in 2020 and 42,915 in 2021, despite less vehicles being out there on the roadways. Jonathan Atkins is executive director of the nonprofit Governor's Highway Traffic Safety Association. He said in an interview with ABC News that the surge is due to multiple factors, including less traffic enforcement on the roadways and prevalence of dangerous behaviors among drivers. Former New York City Mayor Rudy Giuliani, of course, the former attorney to former President Trump and the 77 WABC host, departed an Atlanta courthouse yesterday, declining to comment following a nearly six-hour session before a special grand jury that's investigating interference in the 2020 election. Citing grand jury secrecy, Giuliani's attorney, Robert Costello, declined to say whether former President Donald Trump's personal lawyer invoked his right against self-incrimination 
after being designated by Fulton County prosecutors as a target of this inquiry. Just before he entered the courthouse, Giuliani was questioned by a CNN reporter, but Giuliani refused to divulge any information. We will not talk about this until it's over. It's a grand jury, and grand juries, as I recall, a secret. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on the grand jury investigation. Earlier, <laughs> they asked the questions, and we'll see. All right. And earlier this week, Georgia prosecutors notified Giuliani's lawyers that the former New York mayor is now a target of that widening probe. Your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Nice day, mostly sunny skies. Our highs 81, light winds to 10 miles per hour overnight. Partly cloudy skies, the low 72. Sunny day tomorrow with a high of 83. Right now, 65 degrees. Clear skies here in the Big Apple. On this day in history, singer Diana Ross had yet a second number one single in the U.S. 77 WABC's Jacqueline Carl is the story. On this day in 1973, Diana Ross scored her second U.S. number one single with Touch Me in the Morning. The song marked a turning point in her career, coming immediately after her Academy Award nomination for Best Actress in her acting debut, Lady Sings the Blues. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. And if you missed the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. And we have that interview coming up at 5.50 with Ron Simoncini about congestion pricing. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. In your car, online, and at home. The Tri-State's most trusted voice. Talk Radio 77 WABC.